Hello everybody and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching nearly 1,000 comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, the very funny comedian, Mr. Michael Legg. Yes! Hello, mate! Yes! Yes! That's what I like. That is what I like. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm taking them very easy today, as you can see. I'm in bed. Good luck. Uh, and I, I don't know why I've not done any online anything from the comfort of my own bed. Why Why are we struggling? Because here's, here's one thing that we're struggling with is our backgrounds. You've got a lovely, but you've gone for the classic background of a lovely shelf with either books or DVDs, can't quite say. But, uh, but uh, you know, I normally basically um, uh, record, uh, record stuff from my spare room, which looks like a store cupboard it looks like i'm actually being held hostage <laughs> and uh and i thought no do you know today i'm staying in bed well i'm well i'm delighted that you're here my friend and and, and when you talk about my background normally for many a time I, mm -hmm. my computer is at an angle and normally it would be that way around and it's just a complete white bare room it looks like a prison right. so i'm going yeah. much better i've got the books in well, the absolutely it looks like you're learned now yeah you look very learned you know what you're doing very much so very much so mm. thank you so much for this it's it, as i say it's very very good of you to do this we're going to talk about your mm. comedy career for the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. that's that is how long my career is <laughs> 45 minutes that's and, it. and I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you how did you become a comedian in the first place please well, um, now, uh, I here's the thing. There's uh, there's a slightly longer version that, than the than the direct short answer. Uh, the slightly longer version is well, I, I I was a really big comedy fan, and then I got into improvised comedy. I started doing improvised comedy with a group called Theatre Sports, London Theatre Sports. Uh, really, uh, like 1990, 91, something like that. Um, but I didn't do stand-up until 1998 when I was offered a gig and it was a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, are you ready for this? Someone who um, was, who, who then turned out to, uh, who became my agent, didn't turn out to be my agent, I would have recognised her, but she became my agent after this phone call rang up a friend gave her my number instead of an actual stand-up it was accidentally give we have the same first name so accidentally give my number instead wow. of a uh, number she rang me up and just went hello is this michael i went yeah she went um you're a stand-up right and i went yeah nope i definitely wasn't absolutely not I improvised comedy and stand-up two very different things <laughs> Uh, you free to do a gig tonight? I went, yeah. How? Sure. So it's a TV warm-up gig. Uh, it was, I got the call at three in the afternoon and I was on stage about five. So, and that was in the Whitehall Theatre uh, in London uh, and I was doing warm-up for the Jack Doherty show and you were in the audience. Exactly, my friend. This is all in my questions. I even went to see theatre sports as well because you you used really? to, you used to do that. Let me correct me if I'm wrong, but did you used to do that downstairs at the King's Head in Crouch End? No. Well, do you know what I say that I can't really remember myself. Because I don't remember doing it there, and I'm quite fond of that venue, so probably. Because I, I, I first came down to London in 1992 and I've certainly seen you in the theatre sports. Right, did yeah. you? Now, it was either there, but I can't remember where. I'm sure it was there because there was a little poster up. My, my brother used to live in Stoke Newington when I first came down to right. London. And I used to go to downstairs the King's Head all the time. 
Um, the my my infamous story about it is um, I once saw Harry Hill there before he was famous, and he, right. and he was late for the show, and he brushed past me, jumped up onto the stage, and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry I'm late for the show. I had to have a testicle brought down." And he got a laugh, and then he said, "From Derby." <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, it's my favourite. <laughs> but but your theatre spot because it was it was it was basically an improv show, wasn't it? It was. It tell was. Me, tell um, me more about it because uh, I well, it's, it was it was a classic improv show, as in you know all those games that we've seen on Whose Line Is It Anyway yeah, and all that, yeah. stuff. and it was done by a bunch of people who fit very much into the classic improv mold we were desperate to please and as a result we were crap <laughs> you <laughs> were just absolute dog shit <laughs> um, yeah really really bad i mean i i used to suffer from a, a terrible uh thing that i called improv hangover right and like the day after any improv gig I ever did, I'd wake up and within seconds, I would pull the duvet over my head, remembering things that I did and said on stage <laughs> in improv the night before. So cheesy and shit. <laughs> I, I absolutely, here's the thing, I, I loved doing improv. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Uh, but only in the same way that you know what uh, I probably would love heroin. Right? <laughs> no one in the right mind would watch me do it. They certainly shouldn't pay to watch me do it. It's not good, it's not good for you. Exactly like heroin. It's you might get a bit of a buzz at the time, yeah. but actually, it's damaging your soul because <laughs> everything you do is so bad. Well, I, I, I can remember watching theatre sports and enjoying it. Now, the reason you may not have, 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 have recognised me there, well, A, you didn't know me then, but, but in those days I always used to sit at the back of the audience because I thought right. my laugh would generate my presence there. <laughs> now, nowadays I'm found, I'm found a lot more nearer or on the front rows of the audience mm. and my confidence has grown enormously. But I definitely did watch theatre sports and I was impressed because, because I've written about it in my blog. It was, it was, it was it, 1992 it I first came it's, down. Yeah, it's amazing to me because I always think of you like when I think, when anyone goes, how did you start in comedy? You are the first face that enters my head. Wow, that's very, very kind of you. I'm so pleased. You are, I mean, because you are so recognisable every single... I should I should make this clear. You didn't just go that once. You were there a lot yeah, yeah, in yeah. the audience. And you were so recognisable. I'm not even too sure we chatted, or if we chatted, it would have been very brief. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, but you, but you absolutely stuck in my head. So the idea that you you were there even before that, because I think you were there at the beginning. Turns out you were there before the beginning. Well, so, well who who else was in theatre sports with you? Uh, well, Deborah Francis White would be, you know, the the, the big name, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. she's. I've, I've realised recently she is my oldest comedy friend. Wow! 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 So, um, so it's her and um, so, I guess she was in it. Um, uh, do you know Phil Whelan's? You probably yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Phil Whelan's and uh, Luke Sorber and Stella yeah, Duffy yeah. and Neil Ashdown. Yeah. It pretty much like the the height of fame in theatre sports was the few, and I mean very few of us who got to do really occasional spots with the Comedy Store players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like like the uh, I would say doing the comedy store players came before like getting on TV or freaking making a movie. Like if you were on comedy store players, that was, that was a big deal. Um, and it's, it actually still is to this day with me. Like um, I, I I slag off improv all the time. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate my part in it. I'm ashamed of it. I should have got to jail for it. 
So and, and yet, I look at I look at the comedy store players, and they're they're peerless. Oh, they but, are. They are. They are. Really funny. You know, I mean, it's the whole yeah. improvisational thing is extraordinary that you could absolutely. They get away with it and make a scene from it, and this is what I think. Well, I'm going to talk about later with you with your individual shows because this is what I love about you. Um, so, did you come over from Ireland to London, or were you based in London? Yeah, yeah. I um I moved from Northern Ireland in 1989, right. and uh, I'd done no um, I'd done no nothing. I didn't like I'd never set foot on the stage, and I'd no thought of doing that. I take that back. I've, I I had set foot on the stage because I was in a I was in a band for like four days. Right. <laughs> and we were a cover band, and I always emphasize cover, not covers. Cover. <laughs> one song. We used one song, which we performed twice in one gig. Um, so, um, so that was the only stage time yeah, that I yeah. had. had. And, um, and because I, I moved to London and uh, I... I, I went to see the comedy store players and just went, well, I, this now I'm in love with it. <laughs> so, 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 was there a point where you thought I can do this on my own? I can make a go of it on my own? No, no, <laughs> what, what, what? no. And do you know what? I'll be honest with you, Rich. That point hasn't come yet. <laughs> Here's the thing: what happened was That's with that. Well, this is this is what happened. I saw, I went to the, see the comedy store players every Wednesday and Sunday for over a year. Like, yeah. I did not yeah. miss one. Honestly, I did not miss one. And um, and then I saw an ad in Time Out uh, saying improv workshop. And because I'm thick, I thought workshop meant, oh, it's like a... It's like a talk, isn't it, about improv. But I, I love how that's done. It'd be really nice to hear people talk about it. But I, but I got there and they went, okay, well, let's do a warm-up. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Why do we have to warm up for listening to hear about improv? And uh, they went, okay, can we get two people up? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, uh, and when it came to my, my turn to, to get up, um, that, that moment in history should never have happened. Wow. Because it I disagree. It <laughs> yeah. So that was um, that was uh, Caroline Gold and Sarah Parkinson. Right. Uh, you know, um, they're both. Uh, they were a double act, I think, at the time, um, uh, and they were doing improv classes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's what a workshop is. It's a class. I know that now. Didn't know at the time, and um, and then I enrolled. Uh, it, I, I, at the end of their workshop, that's when they hit you with, "If you'd like more of these classes," and I'm like, "Here's my money." Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're away. So, so, so on both occasions, uh, improv and stand up, I, I I did them all by accident. Brilliant. I had absolutely no intention, and it accidentally happened. Well, what a great accident. Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't it be better if it was like, you know, I got a call from NASA. And then we're like, oh, got your number. We hear you're an astronaut. Yeah. Are you free at five? Sure. You know, something that would be brilliant and important, you know. Well, but here I am at the end of my career in bed. Having a well, um, before I worked in a school, I worked in the civil service, I worked for the Ministry of Agriculture in Whitehall. And right. like you say, um, there was a, uh, Channel 5 had just opened and there was a recording of the Jack Doherty show, which was on at the Whitehall Theatre from Monday night to Thursday night every week. That's right. And I used to, I, I, I was an administrator in the, in the civil service and everybody I used to work with, I used to trot along to the show. And that show is absolutely pivotal in my 
audience comedy career because mm. I think that one was the one that gave me a massive, an enormous amount of confidence because I was always, mm. a, big, I was always a big Jack Doherty fan. I loved absolutely yeah. with, him, with it being Scottish based. My home city was mm. Carlisle. I'd just come down to London. It was 1997. And there you were doing the warm-ups for the Jack Doherty show. It was either yourself or Gordon Southern. And I, yeah. can, and I can remember both of you really taking the piss out of me. <laughs> and that's meant... Sorry, with, mate, you were there. The most, <laughs> that's meant with the most affection. Yeah. And I, I will be eternally grateful to you because you gave, you gave me the... You gave me an enormous By torturing you. <laughs> but I used to love going there. And then and then he was hilarious. I I I I, I always thought he he was he wasn't dealt the best deal with Channel Five. I thought I thought to get on a show it was brilliant. But he should have been he's one of those comedians that should have been so much more because yeah, and he I think his in particular to make that show work like this like the warm ups. Yeah, I, I think in particular, uh, because that show was the making of Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, Graham and, Norton and, and, and that's no disrespect because he's brilliant yeah. as well at what he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Shows, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing. I don't think I don't think it was Jack's natural forte. Yeah, yeah. He is such a funny man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his scripted work is brilliant. And like you say, absolutely, he's... he's um, Donald and George are amazing, yeah. Yeah. and and I'll be honest with you, because it was my first job, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, like w the idea that I knew Jack Doherty blew my mind every single time I saw him. Well, I I know him now. It's you know it was, and and and, and the thing is, I know uh, several really famous comedians, and I don't think. I don't think I I ever get the buzz from knowing them. Yeah. I did at the beginning knowing Jack Doherty. It just blew my mind that I knew. A, it was a very, very special time because yeah. literally I worked over the way. Uh, so I would just wander across the road. You had the Weatherspoons next door. So you had all the guests going in there afterwards. So we yeah. would go in there for a drink afterwards and see them all. Um, and... I th I think it was a great shame it's 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 not on anymore. But I'm delighted that he's had such a big success with the police squad, the police yeah. thing in 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 Edinburgh. Yeah, that's that that's that's done yeah. really well for him. I I did go to the Edinburgh Fringe and see his show 25 years later, and he came right. up to me and he went, "Mr. Laughter, 1997. How are you doing, Richard?" And that was extraordinary. Nice. <laughs> No, so I, I think I met him maybe about eight yeah. years ago, and uh, he had no idea who I was. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, it's true. He had absolutely no idea. Do you know how uh, he he went? Oh, did you? Did you do the warm up? And I went, yeah, yeah I, I did it loads. And he went, okay. And then I said, do you not remember because I used to my entire act, like my entire act for a year was um, it, it, I, I was giving away a prize and the prize was dinner for two anywhere in the West End and, uh, and basically the, the joke was the dinner for two was two pot noodles and I brought out two pot noodles and, and, it, I, I, and, and, and then and he was like no it's, I don't remember that and I went well, you don't remember the time that I threw the pot noodle at the winner and it hit her in the head and she said she was going to sue like, That was you! Like, yeah, that was yeah. That, that, that reminds me. So he didn't remember me, but he did remember a court case somewhat looming. <laughs> that... And do you know what? I think I want that always to be my career. Yeah. I, I, don't want... <laughs> I just want people to remember they could have gone to court. Too right, mate. Right. Too right. <laughs> My, it yeah. reminds me of a story where um, I, I'm like you. I would go to the comedy store all the time when I first yeah. came down to London. It's the most perfectly built room. And I always remember uh, I'd seen an act, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the act. 
but I'd seen them on the Thursday and I saw them on the Saturday night. The Thursday, they were a juggling act and they were juggling fruit. And what right. they would do is they would nod to somebody in the audience and throw an apple and they would catch it and throw it back and they'd carry on doing it. Well, on the Saturday, yeah. I was with my friend and I said, and I said, oh, this is brilliant because they were there again. And they nodded at me and I was drinking a pint of beer and they threw the apple and it went... <laughs> And I completely ruined their act. <laughs> I, I do Didn't not think that's on you, my friend. I do not think that's your fault. That is bad comic timing. I've never forgotten that story, but I can't for the life of me remember who the act was. Um, let's move on. You, you are absolutely fearless and very confident on stage with an audience. I've always thought that, and I think it's one of your great strengths. You're fearless. How do you cope with any nerves, if you get any, before you go on stage? Um, here's, right, that's a really interesting part of that question, was before you go on stage. That's the most important yeah, part. Yeah. Here's the thing about nerves. I'm much more likely to be nervous now, thinking I've got a gig in four days' time. Wow. But the idea of being nervous before going on, it doesn't exist because there's nothing you can do about it. You're there. You can't back out. It's, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. It, it, it is not going to hurt you if it goes wrong. You're not going to lose an arm. You're not going to you know, get your teeth kicked in. Oh, I'll, actually, I'll take that back. Sometimes I've nearly got my teeth kicked in. <laughs> so I might get my teeth kicked in. And um, I, the nerves... Nerves used to be a really big thing for me, which is probably why, especially when you first saw me, um, like I, I, I never stopped moving on the stage and I never stopped talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that is nerves. And that's me dealing with my nerves, just hoping something will come out and something will be of value of, <laughs> or, you know, but, um, but now nerves um it's not like i don't think about the gig before i go on stage because that actually can trigger nerves while you're on stage not not beforehand like uh, there's been times where i've turned up the gig and i haven't thought about it at all and five minutes into the gig my brain wakes up and goes holy shit you're on stage and then i look i lose my nerve i go oh my god what's uh, next Anyway, so I've, I've sort of learned that there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Never, never stick too rigidly to the script. Luckily, there's no problem with that. I bet. <laughs> and, and, and I never stick to it. Um, so I think just being flexible uh, has, has helped me deal with my nerves. To, um and also, I've died so many times, Rich. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> he was, he, honestly, the best bit of advice I ever got in stand-up was by Boothby Graffer. Oh, he's a hero. He's been on here. Yeah, he's a genius. Uh, I mean, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. He's one of the greatest comedians yeah. you will ever yeah. see. Yeah, agree. And, uh, and also, he's wise. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm on stage at the Banana, and I think... It's it's maybe my tenth gig, I, I, I mean tenth gig outside of the Jack Doherty show. Yeah, I I actually was properly nervous about doing shows in comedy clubs because I'm a huge comedy fan who went to comedy clubs. It's like, look, you charlatan, you are a faker. What are you doing here? You know. <laughs> Whereas at the Jack Doherty show, it was it was sort of fine because I thought, well, I'm the warm-up guy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, say yeah. I was a comedian. I'm the warm-up guy. Yeah, yeah. And I was learning my craft in many ways at the Jack Doherty show, which means I sort of skipped the whole open spot circuit where you actually learn things, right? So I... <laughs> um, and... Um, I, Anyway, I'm on stage at the Banana, and it's but my tenth gig. Banana and Ballon was one of the greatest yeah, comedy yeah, clubs. Yeah. Yeah, go there yeah. all the time. I never saw anyone die there until I died there. 
No. Well, I'm the first comedian in my history to fail at the banana. Wow. And uh, I get off stage um, and I go up to the dressing room and I'm probably... Here's the thing. I'm more ashamed than I... Because I'm ashamed because I was found out. I've, I have nothing. I, I'm not a comedian. I shouldn't be here. I, I'm, I'm a charlatan. So I got busted and I, there I am sitting in the dressing room feeling ashamed of myself and then Boothby just goes you okay I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm just you know shitty gig and he went is that the worst gig you've ever done and I went no no it isn't and he went that's right and it's not the worst gig you will do because there's always a worse one round the corner no matter how long you've been going there's a shittier gig always waiting to happen wow. and we're I've got I've found that quite comforting yeah so yeah. oh that's just part of the job part of the job is going on stage and failing and ruining people's nights and having them like, like when you think about it think of the domino effect you go on you you you, you haven't connected with the audience you haven't made them laugh the jokes are failing they're getting angrier. They're getting pissed off at you. They paid for babysitters. They paid, you know, for over expensive drinks because they're in a club and not a pub. Yeah. Or really fucked off. They're going to talk about you during the interval or at the end of the show. You really ruined an entire night. And sometimes that's good. <laughs> when you're on the train on the way back, you go, wow. At least I ruined their night. That is the most positive thing I've ever heard yeah. because my story off that, other than this blog, which for me is the most creative thing I've ever done and uh, it's a big support and enthuse and all the rest of it for, for the comedians. Um, I, the, the, the other most creative thing I've ever done was write a play. I've written a half-hour play, which yeah. originally was for the Edinburgh Fringe, but I didn't do anything about it, but I raised a lot of money for comic relief by putting on the play with my mate who's very good at accents so it was myself and and two under play and it's called the applicant and it was about it's basically about me coming down from carlisle i've got a successful girlfriend in london and i can't get a job i've never had a job in my life before i never had an interview and uh i go from zero interview my confidence is gained till i get my job so it's each each scene is is the interview and, it, and when he gets given the job, he dies. The 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 interviewer kills him. <laughs> There's loads of plots, but the interviewer yeah. kills him. And the yeah. last scene is him at the gates of heaven or hell, uh, being interviewed by God or the devil, saying, "We've been watching you on planet Earth, and we think the ideal job for you is to interview corpses." And I shrug my shoulders. The lights go out. End of play. So I thought I've got some money. Nice. Yeah, it, it it really did well. We've got a lot of money in with it. It's, it's a comedy. It's a very funny play. Um, but it was Great, mo man. but it was monologue, uh, interview, monologue, interview, monologue, interview. So the audience are there, and I'm terrified because it's my first interview, and I start talking to them because I'm I'm in the waiting room. So I wrote all these monologues and uh, we'd spent 10 weeks rehearsing it and everything. And when it came to opening night, I ran out. I was like a rabbit in headlights and I completely forgot the monologue. <laughs> and I was there for like 10 minutes going, uh, Dad, uh, Norman, just firing words out, you know, and I'm thinking, what, what's You know what, on? I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to do that on stage. And next time I forget, I'm going to go, Dad, Norman. And then, and then as soon as my mate appeared on stage, it was brilliant because there was somebody yeah. there to bounce off. But right. at least I got my best joke in, which I called him Norman Oliver Hope because he was no, dear no hope, N-O hope right. on the letter. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, um, that, that was one um, uh, thing. But, but it is, I think, as you say, it's because I was going by the script, even though I'd written it. The, the brilliance of, the, of your act is that it looks unscripted when you run out and do it all. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I definitely try to... Um, uh, it, it, it may not look like I'm trying, 
But I, I do. <laughs> I, I promise it is a conscious. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing at least in that way. Uh, I, I want it to look like it's the first time uh, that I, I'm doing even a routine that maybe might be 12 years old or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want it to look um, like I, I always. I always want the gig to be our gig, me and the audience. That this is our only time. Yeah. To get. This is what this is what this is, um, and I sort of, I actually, I really love gigs that you can go on. For all my slagging of improv, I really like gigs where I can go on and go. Do you know what? I do not need to dip into my material. I don't need to go near it. I'm I'm confident that this gig, um, you know, and 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 that means. Your twenty minutes can be patchy. Yeah, I definitely think when when you get do those gigs and you just go for the improv rather than the stand up, th- those those highs. I mean, the dips fine, but the highs are are, are uh, will be the talked about moments of that night. That's brilliant. And you know, I think I think that's so much more important. Yeah. And going on and doing your slick twenty, and 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 to have people maybe go home and go, um, that that guy was good. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that guy was good. Like no, no sort of like, hey, we should check that person out. He was just or, really good like, when you when you were like, there of the moment. It, yeah. It, yeah, there's something. And, and also, there's something really special. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud uh, because this this uh, this does not sound like me. But I'm going, but I promise you, it is what I think. Um, I think there's something really special about being on stage and improvising a line that fucking blows the roof off. Just like it's it it drops out of your mouth. Like you sort of can't believe. It. It, it was that good and it got that good a reaction and you're like oh my god I'm using that again yeah yeah yeah. and then you use it again doesn't work wow it just doesn't work it, you know and I can th- I can definitely think of a fair few times that has happened I've been on stage gone oh good great at least if nothing else I've got a great new line or a couple of great new lines and they're absolutely unusable that's yeah, extraordinary. It's, it's there's something about those gigs, those you know, and, and I'd say they happen twenty percent of the time. Yeah, but so yeah. it's it's not it's not a constant. I think but, I think though you're not afraid to experiment either. You know, you say if you if 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 you say something that you think you can use again that has gone really well one time and there's only a 20% hit rate you're not afraid to try anything else well yeah I mean also it, it it's I guess I guess on a much more positive note uh, it, it's happened where um, you know got oh great I've improvised that line yeah got a round of applause I'm using it again next night you do it in your set and everyone goes well, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. But, but that's not to say that at some point you won't be improvising and weirdly that line that just dropped out all of a sudden slots right in. Brilliant. Yeah. Improv. And actually that probably is how I've written all my stand-up now that I think. Yeah. Th- thanks for having this conversation because now I know what I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you're improv training i love the unexpected uniqueness of your act and that's what you get with improv because they never know when they walk out what the audience is yeah going to do or yeah say. It's, that that's the really positive thing about improv yeah is, is uh it 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 makes every it makes everything new or yeah. at least appear new and the worst thing about um Improv, and I think I'm proving it today with an interview from my bed. It makes the laziest work. 
Well, Lazy I, as fuck. I, oh, well, I hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm enjoying it. I enjoy being lazy. <laughs> Let's let's move on. Let's move on to Edinburgh, the the Edinburgh Festival. Um, I am I am very lucky every year to be able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe as a member of the audience. I've been going there since two thousand and five, and I take my holidays there. I I have a week's holiday, um, and I go and see about. I must get through about fifty shows. I need a holiday by the time I come back. Yeah, I'm sure. Shattered, but I absolutely love it. Can you tell me about your first experience of the Edinburgh Fringe? What year did you go up? What was it like? Uh, yeah, the, the first year I, I went up was 1999. And that was part of a package show where I was the compare of the big value comedy show, yeah. which at the time, it's, it's now run by Justice Connick, but at the time it was run by Screaming Blue Murder. So <clears throat> uh, Phil and Pete Harris, and uh, and I suppose that's like I wasn't ready to do Edinburgh, mm. uh, but it, there's no doubt about it. At the end of that month, they had, you go up to the Edinburgh Fringe for the whole, pretty much the whole of the month of August. Yeah. At the end of that month. I was definitely a better comedian than I was on the way up. So, so it was like you know, uh, if, if nothing else, it was probably the biggest um, learning curve I've I've had. Um, comparing meant I could be a bit more flexible. So I, I you know, that helped me out. But uh, but equally, um, because. I'm, I'm there night after night after night with the same group of comedians. The idea of sort of, well, the idea of being shit, you know, wasn't allowed because you're, right. not, you're not just letting down an audience. You will let down whoever it is you're introducing onto the stage. So it's, it, it may not have looked it, but I did up my game a bit. <laughs> I did. And also, um, during that month, I did my first ever 20 minutes set. So I did it for Peter Buckley Hill at some pub. Right. And, and you know, you're talking about nerves. That's, uh, I absolutely shattered. Yeah, yeah. Just terrified. Uh, and, 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 and what I learned from that 20 minutes was, um, it, I, I, I don't need to worry about absolutely having that slick 20 minute set because it'll never suit me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I probably wouldn't be able to do a slick 20 minutes. So I'm much better off having a ramshackle 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Five minutes of new stuff will just bleh, pour out my mouth. That's, so that's what I learned from that gig. That is that is very interesting because I've had this I've had a go at stand up comedy. The, yeah. the first year I went to the fringe, um I've I've told this story many times to the comedians. I knew the promoter up there who uh did the free fringe at the time. And I, I said to him, I said, people think I'm funny in a pub. I go and see a lot of comedians. I want to get it out of my system. And he said, well, we can put you on a Monday afternoon uh, um, in the Haymarket uh, in a little pub, which is the Old People's Gong Show. I think they're only trying it out for right. one year. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm up for that. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. So I walked out. I'd written this script. And of course, if you're rubbish, you get gonged off. So I walked out and, I, and there was three people in there. And I said to them, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, when I was at college, I was his double because I was at college in the 80s. Right. And, they would stop and, and one bloke in the back row just went, fuck off, and gonged me off after about... 10 seconds and I walked off to my foot, 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 foot yeah. shirt. and the promoter said have another go have another go so I went back on uh, for another show same thing happened and I walked back off and I said never say never again 
but I think my uh, my uh, job here is to be in the audience and support them forevermore. But uh, it it is it is an extraordinary. Well, and when you say nerves in a in in a space, if you've never done it before, yeah, you're writing that you're not going to die or lose a limb or anything. But it's but but your confidence does go. If there are no laughs or whatever, and you think, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But when you but do it, get uh, them, the high is extraordinary. Yeah. I think, I think th that's what was unique about how I entered into comedy, though, because I never. It wasn't about losing confidence with yeah. me. It was about being a sh found out. Yeah, it was yeah. about the shame of, like, how dare you be in a comedy club? <laughs> You're not a comedian. Uh, so I was wor far more worried about being, you know, it'd be it'd be mortifying uh, to come off stage and Ben Norris was like, "What the fuck were you just doing on that set?" You know, that's that's how I felt at every gig. You know, um, wow. I'd, I'd be, I'm with comedians. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is this happening? Um, and. I don't have that anymore, but I would say it's a new thing that it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's, you know, might only be the last five years of sh shook it. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. Cause, cause, cause you are, <coughs> excuse me, you are a very, very funny man. Um, in 2019, I saw you perform your solo show, The Idiot at the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm -hmm. I thought I, I thought it was truly inspiring and it was absolutely hysterical. I saw it at lunchtime and yeah. I normally go, uh, I'm, I'm normally there with a load of friends and my, my other friends couldn't come along. And I said to them afterwards, I said, it's, it's definitely one of the best shows I've seen in the week. Oh, I was nice. crying with laughter. Um, can you describe, if you've got one, a writing process and where you get your <laughs> where where you get your ideas from? Right, my my writing process. If you really want to know the truth, <laughs> is I walk out of my house, I get annoyed by fucking everything. <laughs> And then I go on stage and I try to cathartically remove it from my body. But basically, um, I, I, I'm sorry to name drop here, but Stuart Lee, good friend. Oh, brilliant. Um, he's, he said, and he's really right about this, he said, what's interesting about you is uh, it, you, a bad thing will happen to you. And instead of going on stage and talking about it, you go on stage and you live it again. Exactly. So he's exactly right. Yeah. Actually, is it, I don't know if it is doing you any good because you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't do me any good. But uh, but that is that is my writing process. It, it's it's what it doesn't even have to be something that's angered me. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but I I feel it's more interesting to be on stage trying to go through a thing that actually happened rather than you know go here's some jokes about you know britain's got talent or something like that yeah. well i did britain's got talent didn't happen to me yeah i just yeah. watched it so um i think i have to feel it Personally, for, for me to write, it's fascinating. No, it's fascinating. It, it has to. It has to have hurt me. Because, um, by God, you rant on stage. We were. I was there. At, I was there at midday, and you were really going for it. And then, and then you you, you suddenly stopped and you said, "Right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to turn it down a bit." And you ended up with um, everybody singing a song about Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, it's, a chance more, it's a chance more than a song, I think. I, <laughs> yeah, um, chance. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, because I think, here's the thing, I, I, I think every Edinburgh show I do is, um, it's, a, it's, it's a piss take of an Edinburgh show. Yeah. Every single one I do. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's I don't mean that as an insult towards me, I mean, it's purpose. It's, I, if if you look at any Edinburgh solo show I've got, it's got all the tropes. Yeah. 
like of an award-winning show. But unfortunately, it's in my hands. So, you know, it's... But it's, that's the joyous thing about it. <laughs> at any moment. Um, yeah. And and of course, uh, if you, 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 the idiots, uh, which is my show that um, pretends to be about um, Iggy Pop, but actually it's really about um, uh, what's going to happen to Ireland after Brexit. That's what it's about. It's about national identity, really. Yeah. That show. Yeah. So, um, uh, it, it, the tropes in that uh, were uh, very clear uh, to me, uh, as in, if you go to see an award-winning show, part of the award-winning show will be uh, talking about how successful they are. Loads of comedians do it. You go to see a con and go, do you know what? I was on eight out of ten cats and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, and, and that's fine. That's fine. But... I've never been on eight out of ten cats. Eight out of ten cats. I don't think it would suit me yeah, as yeah. A, my character, if you like. God, the character of Stuart Lee, right? <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't suit my character to be on eight out of ten. Eight out of ten cats, and even if I was, I then couldn't talk about it. So what I did, I I talked about how um, I'm just going to. I, I I talked about the career I'm going to have rather than the career I have. Like, oh, I'm going to be on Netflix. No, fucking not. So, <laughs> that was, so it, it had that trope. Yeah. It also had the trope of um, uh, 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 getting a ukulele out, which, you know, so many, you go, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And at the end, he got a ukulele out and he did a song. Brilliant. Well, Brilliant. Uh, I did that. I got a ukulele out. Turns out, after slagging off the ukulele, which I had done at the beginning of the show, I can't play it. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It was so, brilliant. <laughs> so the whole, all the tropes are there, but they all fall apart because... And, and I think it's... Personally, personally, I think it's funnier... Yeah. ...to see um, failure. Uh, failure is fun. Success is fun. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. I and I. I remember that sticking in my craw really early on in stand up. When I'd see stand ups going, oh, do you know what? I, I I did a gig the other night at the comedy store, and and that that upset me for two reasons. Well, one, that sounds like this gig we're doing right now isn't special. It's like, oh, I do this all the time. And then secondly, it was like, oh, you were at a really prestigious venue, all right? And I just thought, well. I don't. I just don't find it funny. No. I, I've I've sort of said this a, a few times that, that there's no such thing as a successful comedian. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the idea of success. Oh well. Well then you've gone then. <laughs> good, good for I, you. You're successful. I think I think comedians can be popular, but not successful. I absolutely. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. I think Jerry Seinfeld is a great example. Yeah. You know he's hugely popular, but he's a yeah. He's a, he's a quite twisted, almost broken individual. Yeah. Larry David is a multi-billionaire or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but he's a total fuck up as a human being. Yeah, yeah. Look, so at, he's not a success. He's just rich. Look you know? at somebody like Peter Kay or Michael McIntyre. They right. are extremely popular, so they they mm. sell out big venues. Yeah, but I reckon even them. When they walk out onto that stage in the in, for example, the O2, they must think, "Oh my God, I, I was never expecting to be playing to this yeah. many people because the careers yeah. took off." And I saw Peter Kay oh, way back in Manchester before he was famous. He was on a bill of four acts, and he was mm. five acts. He was fourth on, and I laughed so hard at him. I missed the fifth act because I was still laughing. Right. And and I thought he's going to be a superstar. This, but um, <clears throat> and McIntyre, yeah. I saw in a little hut in Edinburgh, do the same mm. Saturday night stuff he was doing now. You know, and 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 good luck to them because. Um, oh yeah. Oh, good luck to them. Yeah. I think luck. I think I think they've had a. I'm not. I'm not saying they haven't got skill because they both do. Yeah. But my God, they've done. It's beyond good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Their success is massive. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the two biggest names in comedy, yeah. you know, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Live comedy. Um, let's move on. Um, uh, 
How have you found uh, online gigs as opposed to live stand-up comedy? Have you um, done I, many I, online gigs? I've, I did quite a few at the beginning of lockdown. And um, and it's I've, I've I've watched some live gigs and I've enjoyed them, and I've performed some live gigs uh, via Zoom or whatever, and I've not I've not enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think there's something there's something of the danger missing. You know the the there's something of that vulnerability of being on stage that is missing because at the end of the day if you're having a bad gig on a live stage you can't just close your laptop <laughs> like you, um, well, you could <laughs> well, well, I you could just walk off <laughs> yeah 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 but I mean but yeah I, I think the idea that I could just literally pull the plug mm -hmm. uh, on a live gig uh, an online gig meant that it, I, I couldn't get into it no. and I re remember doing one and I felt I felt like I'd gone mad because I felt like oh all I've done for the last 20 minutes is talk to myself because I could I couldn't see an audience there was no like million screens in front of you with you know people laughing I was there was no feedback at all I and saw, I, I saw it weird I, I I saw you do one online and you were okay, you know. But but I've seen uh, I've seen you so much better. But it was the live performance again, you know. I to I I totally agree with you. I I if if the, if there wasn't any online comedy of, of the last eighteen months, I would have gone mad just looking at four walls. But um, um yeah. So I've been going to a lot of it. Uh, and when it first started, there was no audio at all. There was no audio with the, the, yeah. the audience. They couldn't hear anything. So I was sitting here just laughing at a screen, and I thought I was going to be taken away with my loud laugh. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> when they when they opened up the audio, at least the comedians could do the yeah. timing. They could chat and all the rest of it. But it's not the same. I mean, I really miss going out on a Saturday night, having a few beers, and then go to a comedy club and yeah. sit there because it's of the, of the moment you never know what's going to happen and comedians like you are so dangerous and original and all and, and hilarious with it you know and that's the beauty of it well I'll be, I'll be honest with you uh, um, I I still don't know how I feel about stand up at the moment mm. because um, I I, do, I don't know uh, if we should be uh, opening everything up yet, I don't know. I I am not a scientist. I should have said that earlier. I am not <laughs> not a scientist, um, so I don't I don't know what is going to happen Nobody virus wise. Uh, exactly, no one does. Yeah. And um, and the idea of doing a gig sort of. Like when you when you saw so many stand-ups online going, oh, I cannot wait to get back on the stage. I was like, I don't think that's what's important now. But of course, you don't want to burst anyone's bubble. If they're excited about doing a gig, yeah. they're excited yeah. about doing a gig. And then uh, I thought, well, I'll do it in baby steps. I'm not going to go, what, is it the first night back? Brilliant, I'm going to go on there and do 20, 20 minutes. No. So I improvised, I, I, I compared uh, an Up the Creek new material night, a new act night, there's a difference, a new act night. Yeah. And uh, what was good about that was, uh, it was a bit like, you know, going back to the old Jack Doherty warm-up days. It was like, oh, all I have to do is, all I have to do is not ruin the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to do. All the acts are brand new and they're allowed to ruin the night. Yeah, yeah. All they have to do is <laughs> not fuck it up. And so that, that actually, at the end of that gig, I was like, oh, actually, I quite enjoyed that. Quite enjoyed that. I don't think I'm ready to go back just no, yet. No. And then uh, four days later, five days later, I'm backing up the creek, this time doing a new material night, but I was one of the acts. And the bill was 
ridiculously high level of quality. You know, Dane Baptiste, uh, 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 Imran Yusuf. It's a really, yeah. it was a really yeah. good build. And uh, and I thought, why am I doing it? I'm doing new, me. Why am I doing new material? Ah, oh, for fuck's and um, I I had a f- blast. And I went, oh. See, I didn't think I missed it. And I'm, yeah, I missed it. I think, I, I think if, I think as soon as you begin to miss it, you'll want it back again, definitely. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, like yesterday, I had a couple of gigs, uh, one gig in, in particular in Worcester. I, I did a theatre gig last night. Uh, don't make that—that that is a humble brag. Believe me, doing a theatre gig uh, when the the ticket cutoff point is fifty—that's not—that's not a brag. <laughs> Welcome to the four-tiered theatre in Worcester, <laughs> and here's Bob. He'll be your audience tonight. All right, Bob. Um, Brilliant. So, so it was. But but it was a really good example of like oh I tried it some new material yeah. it didn't do it didn't do that well but um, it, it was one of those gigs where I just went oh all I can I can I can improvise here so my head was going don't forget to do some of your older material yeah. <laughs> so that when you get off stage the audience will also have enjoyed it. Rather than you self indulgent <laughs> wanking, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, all I did was self indulgent wank. Uh. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: um, I I have to go back to it gradually, and part of it is I I have to make it about me initially. Right. right. I I have to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before giving a fuck about anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I for one want to see you live again very soon. I really do. Oh, thanks, man. Um, who are your favourite comedians, past and oh, present? Um, I've never had an interest in comedy. <laughs> never been into it. It's Is not, not my thing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's you see, everything me. you tell me, I think, is true. <laughs> uh, now, I um, here's the thing: I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know many comedians because it's. Um, I'm like a read. I'm like a new music person. Like I, I still keep up to date with music, but I, all my comedians, I got them all in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. All my comedians are, still live in the 1980s, and that's that's where I found them, and they're still my favourites. I mean, Stuart Lee would obviously be, uh, you know, um, a, a favourite. Robin Inns, one of the best. Robin Inns is the most yeah. underrated comedian on the planet. Yeah, and and at the same time, he's highly rated. So that's that's how good he is because he's still underrated. Yeah, I, I say he's underrated. Last time I saw him perform was Wembley Arena. Wow. Well, I still think he's underrated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, um, uh, I mean, there's probably loads, there's but I never. Do, do you know what? I've got um, I've got a haircut during the Edinburgh Fringe, and the barber went, uh, "So what brings you to Edinburgh?" And I was like. <laughs> I'm performing. I'm performing up here. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you, are you an actor? I'm like no, no, uh, comedian. <laughs> and then he asked me the question you asked me. <laughs> Who are your favourite? The worst question comedian. you can ask. <laughs> He's your favourite comedian. And then I went. Don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like I, I just don't. I guess I just don't think about it at all. But and then the worst thing happened. My brain went, think of a Scottish comedian. <laughs> You're in Scotland. Think of a Scottish comedian. And I went, um, uh, Kevin, um, I don't know his name. Kevin. Do you know Kevin? 
<laughs> he went, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he went, right. <laughs> Silence for two minutes. Oh, went, Frankie Boyle. I like Frankie Boyle. Yes. And he went, right. <laughs> Not another word for the rest of the haircut. Wow. Finished the haircut. I paid him. And he then his last words were, and what about Billy Conley? And I went, oh, oh, Billy Conley! Of course it's Billy Conley! But of course Billy Conley's the best! He's Because he's my favourite! That, he's is, the that best. is brilliant! He's actually the greatest stand-up comedian there is! It's so, it's so true because I, I can imagine it being a very difficult question to answer because you're a comedian. Yeah, but I mean... I got into comedy because I love comedy. Yeah. yeah. You'd think I'd remember that. <laughs> well, the, well, the follow-on question from that, and you've already mentioned it. Is, who's, who's my least favourite? <laughs> is, is, like me, do you go to a lot of uh, uh, comedy gigs as a member of the audience? And you say, no, uh, no, but here's the thing. I'll be honest with you, Rich. Um, I, I've, I've realised that. And, and actually, I, I am going to make an effort. Part of me easing myself back in, like I say, is about me enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've really, re I've really enjoyed the gigs at Up the Creek, which is, I should say, is a venue in Greenwich. Uh, I've been many times. It's a wonderful club. Uh, well, listen, Rich, I, I, I and to everyone who, who might be watching this, I cannot recommend the Thursday night uh, new act night enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a somewhat cruel, you know, uh, theme of uh, it's called blackout, and you you get potentially five minutes to do a set, but you might not make it all the way to that five minutes because <laughs> the audience can vote you off. But here's the thing. Uh, it, it works. Yeah. Also, you will never find a more diverse bill than the Thursday night at Up the Creek. It's really impressively put together, and you hear, trust me, as an old white guy, <laughs> when I hear voices that I don't normally hear, that's what's inspiring to me. That's what <laughs> makes me leave. Exactly. It's what makes me leave the venue going, Comedy is actually quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's all the it's it's uh, it's a really exciting gig to do, and it's an exciting gig to watch. And I like your question because it's made me feel even worse about myself for not going and seeing more stand up. And you're absolutely right. I um I I I can't even remember uh, pre lockdown. The last time that I went, oh, do you know what? I think it was someone like Louis C.K. Right, like it right, would right. have to be a famous uh, traveling comedian from abroad because yeah. I've seen all the other fuckers. You know? <laughs> well, you've sold me on the Thursday night show. I I, I normally go on the Friday or the Saturday to the to, yeah. the, to up the creek. Um, the reason why I ask both those questions is that. Um, the first comedian I ever saw was on a family holiday uh, in Scarborough. I was seven, and it was Les Dawson. And then the right. following year later was Tommy Cooper, and I was hooked from then on. Brilliant. And, and that's how the blog came about and everything. Well, the, but, the first comedian I ever saw was Jimmy Cricket. So oh, brilliant. I, I, saw him, you know, I saw him at the Fringe with Mick Miller. He was super. Yeah, right. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. Really funny. Um, just before we go... Is and and I've much enjoyed talking to you. I could talk to you all day. It's been wonderful. Been a treat, mate. You're a you're a you're a fantastic guest and a very very funny man. Please keep doing what you're doing because you've made me laugh so much over the years. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Do you have any planned gigs coming up? Have you got any podcasts? Well, well, people well, find you on social media that sort of thing. What I've decided to do, Rich, and it's probably. Another crazy move on my part is um, I've got a book coming in. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I'm a bit like um, Dan Brown now. 
right. Very successful <laughs> author. Um, it's a book called Strawberries to Pigs. It will be coming out via Go Faster Stripe, which I'm sure is something you're very aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go to stripe.com. Yeah. And uh, it's a book that um, is mainly uh, old blog posts that I wrote over the years, but a lot of them are rewritten because um, some of them, I think were written so fucking badly. <laughs> so I, I like the premise, but it was, it was written by an idiot. So, uh, so, but now it's written by mature idiots. Um, but also, there's a, a section of the book which is a short story. To be fair, it's a quite a long short story, and, uh, and 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 I guess the collection altogether, in a way. Um, it is pretty much my opinion of social media. Right. Uh, <laughs> picking up a book and actually reading something is probably better for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. so good luck with that. I, for one, I'm going to get by that. I, 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 I oh, it's brilliant. a wonderful idea. Um, I can't wait to come and see you live again. You, as I say, you make me laugh so much. Um, are, there, are there any oh, gigs coming up? Any tours? Coming yeah, up? I mean, I mean, I'm always, I'm always gigging. I'm glad to be gigging again. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, I, I, I have a show in mind. I've got a lot of it written. I, I know what my next thing's going to be. I. I just don't know when we can do it sure. because we don't know what's happening. No. But um, uh, I'm either going to perform it live uh, or I'm going to get ready for this. Instead of filming it in front of a live audience, I'm going to film it in front of a live jazz band. Brilliant. So Brilliant. A jazz band will technically be my audience. <laughs> so, That's genius. There will be a rhythm to the whole thing and um, who knows maybe maybe that's the, the idea maybe, I, I just thought I need to do a live show yeah. and if yeah. I can't tour or I can't go to Edinburgh well what the fuck can I do with it yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. well this isn't a bad idea uh, I've, I've suddenly got into jazz during lockdown why can I not put them all together good lad <laughs> Well, if you do do it live, I'm going to be first in the queue to see you because I think you're an amazing comedian. And thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest. Well, thank you. I'll just I'll just go back to sleep now. <laughs> All the best to you. And thank Thanks you for so having much. me, Rich.